0: Coming up next on Moody Presents with Mark Job.
1: God is great about coming into a situation where everybody else has already given up, but God hasn't given up. It may smell like death here. Others have already gone hope out of hopelessness, but where God is present and resurrection power, not even the fourth day can stop us from a new beginning in God.
0: Welcome to Moody Presents with Pastor Mark Job, President of Moody Bible Institute and Senior Pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. You know, here at Moody Presents, we hope you're making an effort to encourage family members and give thanks to God this very special Thanksgiving weekend. Now, it might not strike you as a Thanksgiving theme, but one of the most powerful claims that Jesus made while he lived on this earth is this... I am the resurrection and the life. But you know, that's the best reason of all for Thanksgiving. And by the way, if you just joined us, we're in the middle of our CSI study. You say, what does CSI stand for? Well, not the TV show. In our case, CSI stands for Christ Said I Am. Well, let's continue to investigate the claims of Christ right now. Here's Pastor Mark Job on this special Thanksgiving edition of Moody Presents.
1: The shortest verse in the Bible is found in John chapter 11. I know because when I was younger, my parents went through a phase where they were trying to encourage us as kids to memorize Bible verses. And they would go around the circle sometime and say, quote a Bible verse. And I love to say, oh, me first. Jesus wept. That's it. That's a whole verse, two words, Jesus wept. Say it with me, Jesus wept. I just helped you memorize a whole verse in the Bible. And although it's a very short verse, it is an incredibly powerful verse. What makes the heart of Jesus weep? We're going to get get to that in just a second as we jump into this story of John chapter 11. But John chapter 11 is really all about resurrection, new beginnings, and the timing of God. I don't know about you, but sometimes it's hard for me to figure out God's timing. Because his clock is not synced with my clock. Sometimes I think, God, show up, now's the time, and he doesn't. And sometimes it feels like he's way too early. It's like, whoa, 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 no, wait, God, it's not not time yet. And sometimes God shows up later, and I think, well, you're too late, God. But here's what I've learned about God. God's clock and my clock are not always synced together. But listen, God always knows a lot more than I know about it. Timing is a funny thing. Have you ever shown up late somewhere? and just miss something really, really important. So, ah. You show up 10 minutes late into a movie and you have no idea what the movie's about because you miss the key part. It's called timing. I'm convinced that God has a timing all of his own, but if you and I can learn the timing of God and trust the timing of God, you can see some incredible things happen in your life. It has to do with timing and the power of God to make everything new. So I'm going to begin reading in John chapter 11, verse 1, as we look at this story, the account of a man by the name of Lazarus. John chapter 1 says, now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany. Bethany is a town outside of Jerusalem about two miles away the village of Mary and his sister Martha. So we have three siblings, Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. These three siblings had a very special relationship with Jesus. In fact, it seems like when Jesus went to Bethany, he would stay at their house. They would host Jesus, open up their doors to Jesus. In this passage, we learn that Jesus loved them very much. They were part of the inner circle of Jesus' ministry and family. It tells us in this passage that Mary, who is the younger sister of Martha, uh, she is the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped His feet with her hair. Do you remember that story? It's found in John chapter 12. That she went in and took a a bottle of really expensive perfume and she broke it and she poured it on Jesus, on his feet, and then she took her hair and she wiped his feet with her hair just as a sign of gratitude. He had done so much for their family. And of course, there were certain disciples around her that were just aghast. First of all, that she would embarrass them by taking her hair and wiping his feet. And secondly, that she would spend This precious perfume, very, very pricey perfume that she would waste it on the feet of Jesus. One of the disciples said, how many of you know that we can really spiritualize our carnality? One of the disciples said, how could she do that? I mean, we could have taken that perfume, sold it, and given it to the poor. You know who said that? Judas. Judas. He wasn't concerned about the poor. He just saw dollar signs going away as she was pouring that perfume down. Because in today's standard, that vial of perfume was worth about $45,000. And I want to tell you something. Listen, anything that we pour on the presence of God or for the purposes of God, is never a waste, even though people around may think it is. It's never a waste if it's used for the purposes and the things of God. So, Jesus in verse 4, he heard, when Jesus heard this, that Lazarus was sick, it says in verse 4, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it's for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Verse five, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. If you're taking notes this morning, I want you to write this down. We're talking about the timing of God and the power of resurrection. And if you're trying to understand the timing of God, I want you just to write this down. The first thing you need to understand about the timing of God is this. God will often delay his intervention until the timing is right for his move. Notice what happens here. He gets news that his good friend, the friend that he really loves, Lazarus, is very sick. And doesn't it strike you a little strange? That as soon as he finds out that Lazarus is sick, it says he delayed two days. Now, I don't know about you, but if someone that I love is very sick, I try to get to their bedside right away. My father, 15 years ago, who lived in Spain and was doing missionary work in Spain, we heard that he was sick and in, in the hospital And so immediately I called my brother up and I said, bro, we need to get to Spain fast. So we scurried and bought tickets and Bob flew in from Tulsa, my brother flew in from Tulsa to O'Hare and we both got to O'Hare. I was going so fast, it was such an emergency that when I got to the airport, I didn't realize that my passport had expired. And it happened to expire the same week that the federal government, do you remember this, when the federal government closed down for a week because they couldn't balance their budget? Anybody remember that? They closed the entire federal government down because they couldn't balance their budget. The, pers- the, the agency that issues passports is the federal agency. So I didn't have a passport and I ran to Chicago. I drove to Chicago and called up the federal building and said, I need an emergency passport. And they said, sorry, we're closed. I said, how could the government be closed? Sorry, sir. I said, well, how can I get a passport? My father is dying, I need to get there. He said, sir, you'll have to talk to Washington. I tell you, I wanted to get there. I made so many calls to Washington Finally, I got a hold of someone in Washington and they made an exception. They said, we'll open up the office down at the federal building so you can get your passport. I walked into that office. The security guard who opened the office, he said, man, this office is closed. You, may ha- you must have some high connections. I said, you don't even know my high connections. <laughs> They're high, really high, <laughs> Woo, really high. They issued me a passport and I actually made it to my father's bedside and was able to spend a week with them before he passed away. But the natural reaction is this, when someone is sick that you love, you want to be there and you want to be there on time for them. So the fact that Jesus found out that Lazarus was sick, very sick, and he just decides, hey, we're not going to go, we're going to take two more days, Seems like a strange reaction to me, but listen. God will sometimes delay his move because he knows that the pieces are coming together for him to show up in a greater, more extraordinary way. In Isaiah, the prophet tells us, God says, for my ways are not your ways, and my thoughts are not your thoughts. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Here's the point, listen to me. God's ways and God's purposes are much bigger than ours. And we may think that it's God's time to show up and God says, no, I'm not gonna show up yet because it's not my time. When I show up, I'm gonna make a bang. When I show up, it's gonna be the right time at the right place for the right reason that'll bring glory to my name. So God's timing is different than our timing but God is never late, God is never early, God is always right on time, period.
0: A quick reminder as we pause here for just a second that you're listening to a Thanksgiving weekend edition of Moody Presents with Dr. Mark Job. He's president of the Moody Bible Institute. And today's message is part of a larger series that Mark has titled CSI, Investigating the Claims of Christ. To go deeper, we invite you to spend time studying John chapter 11 on your own. But you should also know as you do that, we can help you with tools to study the Scriptures. Just head to our website, moodypresents.org, and you can click on the Moody Publishers button. Learn all about the Moody Bible Commentary and so many other very, very helpful books to help you deepen your faith walk with Jesus. And again, our website is moodypresents.org. Well, let's get back to Pastor Mark Job with Claims of Christ.
1: Secondly, not only God will often delay intervention until the timing is right for his move, God moves when his power is most able to increase the faith of many. Notice what it says in verse 7. After two days, then finally Jesus looks at his disciples and he says, let us go back to Judea. Now, what the disciples did not know but Jesus knew is that Lazarus, after two days, died. So, when Jesus knew in his spirit that Lazarus had died, then Jesus said, let's go. It took him two days to get back to Bethany. So, by the time that Jesus got back to Bethany where Lazarus was, Lazarus had been dead for four days. Now, in most countries, besides America and some European countries, they don't embalm. Embalming is a fairly new practice, and so someone can pass away, and we can have a funeral a week later, and it's no problem for us, right? Because there's the embalming, and the embalming is this process of really taking out the fluids out of the body and exchanging them with a preservative that keeps the body from decaying. But in Jerusalem at that time, like most of the world today, as soon as someone passes away, you have to have the funeral immediately because if not, the body starts to decompose. Jesus showed up four days late. By that time, the body of Lazarus should have already started to decompose. By that time, he was already in the grave. They buried differently in those days. They would carve out, out of the mountainside or rock, there would be caves and they would put the bodies in caves. Sometimes it's like a a family burial and they'd put multiple bodies in a cave and then they'd roll a stone over it to keep it closed from robbers or thieves or animals. And so they had already put Lazarus' body in the cave the the sisters had already mourned The funeral procession had already happened. People had already stated their goodbyes. The sisters had already wept and mourned and said, I wonder why Jesus wasn't here on time. What held them up? I wish he would have been here because if he would have been here on time, everything would have been different. The mourning was almost over. It was already in the grave. The chapter had already closed, and it's at that time that Jesus decided to show up. Why at that time? Notice what he says. Jesus said, let us go back to Judea. And then he explains that while it's still daytime, they need to do the works of the Father. When nighttime comes, they won't be able to do the works of the Father. And then in verse 11 he says, and he said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. That's an interesting way of saying He's dead. I love that Jesus said Lazarus is just asleep and I'm going there to wake him up what Jesus was saying is death has no power I have power over death and life and I can wake up the dead and 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 he refers to it as sleep so the disciples said well if he's sleeping he must be doing well And finally, Jesus clarifies in verse 13. He says, he's been speaking of his death, but the disciples thought he meant the natural sleep. Verse 14. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. I want you to notice why Jesus was glad he was not there for your sake I'm glad I was not there so that you would what? Believe. Think about it for a second. If Jesus had been there right when Lazarus started to get sick and had a stomach ache or, or a headache or a little bit of whatever he was dying of and Jesus would have shown up and Martha would have said, hey, Lazarus not feeling too well, would you just lay hands on him and heal him? Then Jesus would have said, "Sure, let me lay hands on him and heal him," and no one would have known about it. Or the people that knew about it would have said, "Well, yeah, now nah, he just had a headache and got over it, and Jesus is taking the credit." Ever happened to you? You pray for someone. Mommy, I gotta tell. I pray for my kids all the time when they're sick. They get sick. I, I, by the way, I believe in medicine too. I give them medicine and I pray for them. If you're part of the group that says, no, no, we don't believe in medicine. Listen, I believe that God heals a lot of different ways. And, and if you're sick, go to the doctor, please. So pastor, I have faith. Well good, have faith and go to the doctor. <laughs> seriously, seriously, I believe in doctors and I don't believe there's a lack of faith for you to go to the doctors. I believe that God can use any kind of healing and God uses doctors. Do you know that Luke was a doctor? Matthew, Mark, Luke, he was Dr. Luke and he wrote one of the Gospels. So we're not anti-medication here. I'm pro-medication as long as it's used in the right way, in a balanced way. But I I am pro-medication, pro-prayer. If you give medicine but you don't pray, it's a sign of lack of faith. If you pray but you don't give medicine, it's probably a sign of foolishness. So you need to do a little bit of both, give medication and pray. However... However, when your kid has a stomach stomach ache and you give him a little uh, Tylenol, children's Tylenol, and then he feels better, it's kind of like, okay, was it the medicine or was it the prayer? I'm not sure, but hey, whatever it was, thank God. Right? So if Jesus would have been there when Lazarus started to get sick, he could have prayed for him and avoided that his sickness got worse, but it would never have made the impact that it made when Jesus waited to the fourth day. Why the fourth day? Well, there's something about the fourth day that makes it almost irrevocable to come back. By the fourth day, the body's already decomposed, so you're dead and really dead. By the fourth day, the funeral procession starts to leave. It's over. By the fourth day, members of the funeral procession start making their way back home because it's already a foregone conclusion. This is over. That chapter's closed. The fourth day is already a sign. That there is no hope, there's no resurrection, this is beyond recovery. The fourth day means that there is no turning back for most people. And I believe that that's why Jesus sometimes waits to the fourth day. Where some people say, well there is no hope anymore. Well this can't be turned around anymore because sometimes the power of God works best in the darkest of crisis. God is an expert at coming in the fourth day when everybody else thinks there is no hope. This cannot be turned around. He has been dead way too long. God is great at coming in the fourth day when people have lived so long a certain way that everybody around them is saying, he'll never change. God is great about coming into a situation where everybody else has already given up, but God hasn't given up. God is an expert at popping into the fourth day and saying others may have given up. It may smell like death here. Others have already gone hope out of hopelessness, but where God is present in resurrection power, not even the fourth day can stop us from a new beginning in God. Number three, I'm talking about the timing of God. God allows us to wrestle with circumstances to bring breakthrough revelation to our lives. It says in verse 17, on his arrival, Jesus found Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. Have you ever said that to God? Martha felt like Jesus was late. You see, here's the thing. There are certain things that you will never learn unless you go through a severe crisis. Martha knew about Jesus, but for the very first time in her life, she finally understood He is the Christ, the resurrection, and the life. In essence, what Jesus told her is Martha, if you believe in me, you'll never die, even though you die. In other words, if you believe in me, even though your body may pass away, your spirit will continue to live because I am the resurrection and the life. I look back over my own life and I realize that there's certain things I've learned the hard way. There's certain things that God has only been able to speak into my soul when it was really, really dark. There's certain lessons that I've learned in the fire. There's certain things you learn about life, about God, about what's really important when everything else is stripped away. And the only place you have to look is up. And I believe that some of you may be in that place right now. There are some of you that may be in the fourth day right now. Maybe it's a physical thing you're battling. Maybe it's a marital thing that you've been there a long time. Maybe it's a financial crisis in your life. Maybe it's depression. Whatever it may be, I don't know. But in the midst of your dark hour, if you open up your spiritual ears to say, God, In the midst of this hard time, in the midst of this difficult time, speak to me, God. I believe God will speak to you. He speaks to those that are willing to listen.
0: Thank you, Pastor Mark. You know, as you've listened today, I'm sure you noticed we had to stop right in the middle of several very key points. Our apologies for having to do that, but you know, the clock tells us we must. So let me just encourage you to join us again next week for part two of this message. But before then, Before then, we encourage you to head to our website and listen to today's message again. You'll find us at moodypresents.org. And while there, be sure to check out our fully accredited undergraduate program. There's Moody Publishers with its terrific lineup of quality Christian books to help you take your next step with Christ. And then there's our resource page where you can pick up some helpful and biblical hints for surviving the uh, approaching holidays. All this and more at moodypresents.org. Org. Well, I'm John Geiger, and on behalf of Pastor Mark Job and our producer, Chris Seagard, you need to know that we are thankful that you took the time to listen to CSI, Christ Said, I Am. And there's more next week. Moody Presents is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. Happy Thanksgiving weekend.